0: night but if i do i'ma be, okay. I'm be okay and if i die tonight at least i stood by the stuff i said i got two graves dug one for me and one for the motherfucker standing in my way and if i die tonight at least i can say i never ran away yeah. hey it's dig two graves creator jim tanner
1: hello everybody
0: with our with our funky intro and everything uh, this is Creator's Outlet. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank well, you for having me. Well, welcome a week late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> double booking. It's it's not like I can say anything because I have done that myself uh, once or three times.
1: <laughs> yeah i uh, i was I was writing down stuff, thinking I was doing a good job of keeping track, and I was like a day off on it. Seems like three of them. I'm like, oh, that'll teach me.
0: I uh, I have to uh, actually get one of those books again because I'm getting like so many people responding between the outright geekery uh, uh, message boards uh, and my messages and uh, other people referring people being like, hey, uh, I know this guy. he's got a book. he's looking for podcasts. Come on. can you uh... yeah, sure, just have him hit me up on Twitter you know the address it's like yeah cool okay cool so we are here and before we get into the book uh Jim uh we are also a podcast so anybody listening to the podcast anywhere you can download a podcast from later on tonight uh please share this out and introduce yourself to our listening audience
1: uh, for everybody listening, uh, my name is Jim Tanner. I am the writer and creator of the book Dig Two Graves, uh, and the upcoming book called Hell Rider. Uh And right now I currently have uh, Dig Two Graves, the graphic novel on Indiegogo, and just trying to get the word out about it. And I, of
0: course, am your host, Will, and you know my voice and probably have nightmares about it. So, we will go from there, and let's uh, get a little background on you how you uh got into comics and uh what first drew you to the medium and uh
1: so uh i was about eight maybe seven or eight when i got my first comic it was a uh, amazing spider-man i believe it was um <clears throat> and it was just uh, I, I i didn't read a lot uh, at that point as a kid. And then I realized w- when I saw comics, I wanted to read and my parents encouraged it cause you know, anything to get a child reading. uh And it just, I don't know, something about it just caught my imagination. Uh I, I loved comics and then around the early nineties, you know, when image hit, I was just all in, you know, everything Jim Lee touched I had to have. And I pretty much had every image book for the first two years. Um, I don't know. It just it just caught me at that point. I loved it. I loved the stories. I loved writing my own versions and trying to draw my own comics uh, as best as I could around that time.
0: And when did you first start seriously writing?
1: Uh, so I... I've always enjoyed writing. Uh, I started, like I said, around that I was about 10 or so, maybe about nine. When I first started writing my own comics, like I said, you know, for fun, I tried to draw them, Uh, but that kind of grew as I got, you know, as I kept going, I started writing uh, short stories. I started writing screenplays. Um, And then I got back into seriously writing comics in the early two thousands. I had stories that I liked and I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, wanted to share them and bring them to life. And, uh, I always enjoyed the medium of comics and the, the, you know, the way the stories are told. So I just, you know, I wanted to take my stories that maybe like I had originally, you know, envisioned as, you know, either a novel or a screenplay or something uh, and kind of format those to fit uh, into comics. And so I started doing it then, an original series I started around 2004 or five was called uh, Rebel Yell was the first books I self-published um, and then just kind of just grew from there. So, and ever since.
0: So, how, how many books do you have published currently? Uh,
1: currently, uh, not as many as I would have liked. This is about number four or five. The Rebel. So, uh, I originally wrote Dick Two Graves, the, the concept of it and the early story of it around 2008. Um, mm-hmm. And I decided to push forward with the Rebel Yell series I'd worked on at the time because those stories were, uh, they were kind of like tongue in cheek, like a uh, monster of the week. Uh, Comedy kind of series, but they were all encapsulated in one book, so it seemed like that was an easier uh, easier one to do at the time. So uh, I kind of put it aside, and then when we did a few of those, um, and that's kind of what I learned uh, on is, is getting those books done. You look back, you're like, ooh, I would definitely do those differently. And then uh, I came back to Dig Two Graves around 2015 2016 uh, to get this going again. And then there's it's been a long story, or a long journey with. lot of different ups and downs going on with it so
0: well let's see when you started writing this book uh my daughter was being born (laughs) yeah when you came back to this book i was in a coma so (laughs) (laughs) that's a big difference i was almost in a grave (laughs) Uh, uh many times over actually but you know it's uh it's just like a a weird experience uh you know all in all I've uh I've been I've been writing stuff mostly trying to exercise uh the demons from the coma in the in the period coming out of the coma uh which put me into uh anxiety depression and PTSD uh because you know that's a fun
1: mix (laughs) yeah i can imagine a coma would have a pretty uh pretty jarring effect on somebody
0: yeah it, it, it didn't help um all the surgeries they did on me uh the the amount of pain that i was in they had me on a double morphine drip morphine is either your friend or is not your friend morphine is not my friend
1: yeah, I've only had it once, and I remember it hurt like hell when I got it. And I'm like, man, I don't see why people like this stuff, because it did not feel good. Oh, I I felt
0: the pain, but not as much as I would have without it. Uh, but it had it had me uh, as as the kids used to say back in our day, uh, tripping balls. <laughs> uh, I was straight up hallucinating uh, like 24 seven. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. I, I thought at one point I thought I was the Joker ripping out Harley Quinn's throat and they had to do, uh, cause I wasn't able to breathe on my own. They had to do uh, a tracheotomy on me and I in, I in turn was not ripping out Harley Quinn's throat or anybody else's except my own, because I ripped out my own tracheotomy and threw it across the room, which oh. my, which set off some bells and whistles. And then that realized I was breathing fine on my own and then everything started going, uh, in an, in an upward, uh, upward swing, which, which brought me back to, uh, comics and getting all my stuff back. And I was in a rehab hospital for almost three years. So it gave me time to think and, uh, read a little bit. I had some good friends that sent me some, uh, some comic book care packages from around the country. So I had, I had stuff to read, Uh, you know, so I, uh, one of the books I was, I was sent uh, oddly enough was uh, Kevin Smith's uh, green arrow trade. The, uh, the quiver story. Yeah. Which basically deals with uh, Oliver. You're, you're dead. And now somehow you're in heaven. And I'm like, Oh, this is a little too trippy for me. I got to read something else. <laughs> uh, back when I still liked Kevin Smith before he, uh, you know, turned into a politician for uh, for Netflix and and just you know lied to us and decided nothing mattered because uh, Netflix has 123 million subscribers, so they don't care.
1: Oh, the the He Man thing.
0: Yeah so that was that why don't you give us uh the elevator pitch for uh the dig two graves graphic novel
1: so i've been working on this so like i always tell people i'm the worst at the elevator pitch like i'll sit at comic cons and people come by and say what's it about and i'm always like well so and then like 10 minutes later it's like i'm finishing up so <clears> i have tried <throat> to make it super quick i tell people i'll say kill bill and meets mad max uh with a dash of noir because that seems to be the most uh, succinct way of putting it. It's definitely it's a gritty uh, revenge tale that I'm trying to get out there. Very reminiscent of the old '70s, '80s tales. But I realize as I get older, people don't always go back and watch the old movies like I do.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I do because I refuse to pay for a streaming service. So I watch. I watch everything on on like. Pluto and Tubi and a few other uh, a few other services. And uh, I mean, I like the old movies. I mean, I've gone back for free and watched all of the Death Wish movies. So,
1: so uh, you know, so one of the movies I really like that I, I use for inspiration is called Rolling Thunder, which was the guy who wrote uh, Death Wish, I believe, uh, wrote that or his mm-hmm. taxi driver. I can't remember now, but uh, yeah, Death Wish. Uh, well, at least Death Wish one. No, I don't know about the two through five. I think it was. <laughs> those are fun, but definitely, uh, <laughs> especially when Golden or uh, Golden Globus got a hold of it and they kind of became uh, over the top cheese. But I yeah. love those kind of. I love B movies in general. So uh, if there's an old B movie, I've probably seen it and loved it, even just <laughs> for all its fa- all its flaws. Oh
0: yeah, they're all part of the. Uh, you know. The love of good uh, just action flicks.
1: Yeah. You know? So and I love Charles Bronson, so I was yeah. I love the Great Escape and pretty much anything Stephen Queen touches. So I'm it, was, definitely
0: it, old it was a lot of it was okay. You know, you 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 are sitting with your girlfriend, you're watching the movie. It's like I don't get it. I go, okay. So when somebody breaks in the house murders you to find my microfilms uh i suggest let it go no i want you to how to i go that's what we're watching <laughs> that's it so uh tell me about the uh the creative team you've got on the book
1: so uh i found uh, an amazing artist named von randall who just is phenomenal and some of the pages here, he's doing, and people just really, really seem to respond well. To you know, oh, they just love his so stuff. Good. And then he actually has a colorist he's worked with named uh, Kevin DeCastro. Castro. I think he goes by it's like Teven Art. That's, I think he's his studio. And he really liked the way he colored his pages, uh, so he he recommended him, and that's kind of how I uh, he came aboard. And so he's been doing the coloring, and it really just it really pops.
0: They're, mm-hmm. They work quite well together, I must say.
1: Yeah, like uh, I think we had a different color for the first few pages. And I don't, uh, I'm partially colorblind. And so uh, colors to me kind of, they all kind of looked, you know, I was like, yeah, that looks good. I, I can't see much of a difference. But uh, when he recommended, he's like, he didn't like the way the f- colors are coming out. He said, no, you go with this guy. And we got him on board. And I was like, okay, I, even I can see the difference now. Um, And it's just been an amazing team. And then there's no examples on here really, but letterer Robin Jones, he's uh, he's been lettering the books, and they look great. It's just I don't have any of those. Uh, the pages I have on here were pre-lettered, so. And that that's good too, because you know, people still get to see you know,
0: the art and everything, but then you can't give anything away because there's no letters, so you haven't. Put, yeah. There's no dialogue in. Uh, hey props on having Kurt Russell in here
1: yeah, that's my boy even though that's not uh, I didn't say Kurt Russell but yeah I, I love the way he came out uh, that's actually our main character Miranda's father um, so yeah uh, I think actually the original concept for him I, I sent an old picture of an uncle of mine I said kind of like him but yeah cool. I love Kurt Russell he's my, he's my all time favorite
0: he's like he's like a, a cross between uh old man Russell and uh with the with the lap blanket, uh you know, uh I would have to say uh Dr. Scott from uh Rocky Hara.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought of that. But yeah, so yeah, the fact I love the way the character came out, so
0: I really like the, the look of the book and this this one right here is just.
1: Yes, yeah, so that one is actually from artist uh, Aaron Bartling, who does. I think he's working on Ronin, the Ninja Turtles series. He does variant covers on it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such, that 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 was so good. You know, the whole first issue that I actually read of that.
1: And I, I lucked yeah. out. I got him, I think, right before he started to do. I, a lot of the guys that have done variants for me. I think I got to them right before they started doing work for like DC or Marvel. It's like, well, they're out of my price range now probably, but I got them once. So
0: yeah, it's, you know, it's all good. There, there's uh, like in music, there's no shortage of uh, guitar players uh, in comics. There's no shortage of cover artists.
1: Yeah. And I I love his stuff. Like I said that one I thought came out great. So that one for this is a, just a free reward we're giving with anybody who backs the physical
0: We'll oh, get nice. a free
1: print of that. So, because um, we did a variant cover of that for the floppies on Kickstarter, but uh, that was for kind of a Kickstarter exclusive. So, but I still wanted to make sure people got a cover that because uh, it's just so amazing. So, well, see
0: now that conventions are back, if anybody after they back the book sees that, you know, a certain con has a has a whole bunch of uh, has like a, a big TMNT signing uh for last ronin and this particular guy is there uh you can just show up with this and be like hey can you sign this you know the one you did for an independent if be- before you became a uh, hero and a half shell famous
1: yeah and i uh he's got his own little fan groups on like facebook and uh, I know some of the people who backed it, you know, they, they, it's like anybody, they collect the covers of certain artists and they just collect their stuff no matter what, because they love it yeah. so much. So yeah, he's going to do some special signings for them. Um, he does like, uh, what do you call them? He draws a little bit on there puts like a little character sketch on there, things like that. Oh, like remarks. Yeah. Thank you. That's, I couldn't think of the word. Uh, yeah. He does those and those are always fun. So I'm excited to see what people have uh, done for when they get the floppies of uh, that cover.
0: Uh, this guy right here just reminds me of Major Blood from GI Joe.
1: So I, most of my characters, uh, when I when I write, I have to have a visual of them. So usually I'll use like an actor or a stand-in. Um, and for him, he was one of the few where I didn't really have. I knew I wanted like big, imposing, menacing person, but I didn't really have anybody specific in mind. Um, so when I sent the descriptions and everything to the artist, uh, he came back with us. I'm like, you know what? I love it. He's unique looking. He's got the kind of like the old school mustache. The, I always think of like the muscle man from like the 1920s. And, oh yeah. 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 And the tattoos. And I'm like, I know artists usually hate drawing tattoos cause you gotta draw it every time. And I was like, you know what? As I do it, if you want to draw them, I love it. So yeah, I love the way this character came out. Um, he has a name, but it hasn't been mentioned yet. And there's, you know, that's something that comes forward in the book. So I kind of just refer to him as him right now. So when people hopefully get the book, they'll they'll move on to book three and get a little bit more of a reveal each time.
0: Yeah, the bad guy. Or, or one one of the bad guys.
1: Correct. So, yeah. So the story itself, you know, the it's a basic, uh, it starts off as like a basic revenge story. Miranda is a, a soldier who returns home and her family's gunned down. Um, and that's kind of the basic setup. But from there, it goes into this this world with branching characters uh, with so many different paths of the story. And she's kind of drawn into this world. And then, over, so the series will run 12 books. So we'll have a conclusion. Uh, but in that course, you'll be experiencing multiple stories from multiple characters where they all kind of culminate uh, throughout. So there's a lot that's going to start happening. Kind of the the first threads are just starting in book two, really. Uh, and then it just really starts to expand from there.
0: So throughout this, we will uh, possibly see uh, impressions and shades of a pulp fich- fiction-esque story.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe not so much in like the way he does, like kind of the the choppy order. But uh, my goal is—I'm not a big fan of just you know. Somebody's a villain. They, you know, the muahaha and they just do evil to do evil, or the, their setup is just the evil and the in the reason. Uh, I like people to have a reason behind things. I like people to not root for the villain, but to at least understand their motivations and to maybe feel them as a real person. uh So my hope is throughout the book, you know, the terms hero and villains, I, I don't even like using because, uh you know, there's no whole, you know, nobody's all evil, all good type of thing. So I want everybody to be seen as, you know very real down to earth and in, in certain ways so that's my hope like i said there's a lot of fun stories that are going to go through um as the book progresses uh and you're really going to get to to feel these characters and that's why when i reference older movies like when i say again like i mentioned early thunder those kind of movies you'd have like something intense in the very beginning and usually something intense at the very end but throughout the rest of the movie it's just uh you know very character driven You know, you actually get to know what these characters are um, and you, you know, you actually care about the decisions they make. uh, And that's kind of my hope for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like this shot, too, where uh, she's on the floor uh, doing some pills with some wine, uh, one elbow up on the toilet underneath the sink. Uh, I think I might have had a couple of nights like this.
1: You know, this, I would say this, uh, this particular page probably garners the most, um, responses to similar to that, either, oh, I've been there, or, uh, you know, I, they can feel like that, just that moment of, you know, despair that you're in that point. So, I, and that's what I love about the art is I think I don't even need to put what I've written, uh, on there half the time. I think people can just follow along because the art's so amazing and, uh, you get it just by looking at it. It's like, yep, it's one of them days. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I did go back recently. uh, So if anybody looked at the campaign previously, uh, I went back and added a few extra reward tiers. Um, Cool. So I've never done Indiegogo before. I've used Kickstarter and I wanted to make this different from what I had done on Kickstarter, which is kind of why I'm learning as I go with this one. Uh, but we added a few more rewards, like hardcovers, things like that. Uh, kind of seeing what people like on other campaigns and trying to match it a bit, Yeah. Uh, just to give people more of a, a variety of what they're used to.
0: Yeah, uh, another big thing as as you go and and uh, you know get a bigger audience on uh, on Indiegogo, people will actually message you and be like, "Campaign looks really good." It was, but I wish you had a tier that had this, this, and that. And then you can just go in and goes, I'll tell you what. I'll put it in right now.
1: Yeah. And I'm very open. I'll tell people like, Hey, if there's something you want to see or something you want, you know, reach out to me and let me know. I'm all about making, you know, the people who are actually supporting me, I want to make them happy and I want to make sure they get what they want. So
0: yeah. Cause you know, um, after, after this, you know, the only way to get the book would probably be, you know, like through your website, or if they see you at a show. Uh, and it's and and there's not going to be like all this cool extra swag for being uh, a su- a supporter, basically a a stockholder in this property.
1: Yeah, and and uh, for Indiegogo, and both Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they each had their own um, exclusive variants. Yeah. And I want to honor that. So there won't be those uh, when I do shows again. Uh, I haven't done any, obviously, this last year, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to have those with me. So uh, if you want them, these are the chances. This, that this, I is, have-
0: this is the only way to get them. Exactly. After, the, after that, it's just cover A. Yep. That's it. So
1: Cover A. <laughs> so, and, you know, I, I think that's fun because then the people who do back, it shows them that, you know, hey, I just, I wanted you to have something, a chance for something special. And if you didn't get a chance, you could still, get the amazing story and check back in for book three because we'll have more great variants and things like that for you to get your hands on then.
0: Yeah. This page is amazing just from like the cinematic angles that he, that he put on this page.
1: Oh yeah. So it's mm-hmm. totally. Um, so when I write a script, I generally um, lay out the panels and I'm very specific because I notice when I work with uh you know, freelance uh, artists, a lot of times they don't want to have to be, have to sit there and think, but I always tell them do what you think looks best because you're the artist and you know um, how a layout's going to look. And yeah, he just killed it. He just took what I said and then just kind of put his twist on it. And I, I love it.
0: Just all the, all those angles. It's just like, you can, you can look at this one page and the back of your head would probably just like run through this. Like you were watching like a reel in slow motion.
1: Yeah. It's, I love it. And just the art is so killer. Um, and the colors just pop. Uh, I love the the effects he put on there with like the sunlight. Um, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better team. I really got lucky. Um, just it's, you know, anybody who creates uh, indie comics, uh, it looks like my camera's dying on me here. Uh, anybody who creates indie comics... Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, knows it's hard to find the right artist. It's hard to find uh, people who could be consistent sometimes. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's just been... Just one of the best finds I've gotten.
0: And I mean, they're, they're, you know... She just killed this dude. Uh, and I can tell because there's a whole bunch of blood on the ground. And he's not moving. Uh, <laughs> and And there's... And he's even got like these wisps of smoke coming up through the burning bullet holes in his chest. I'm like, that's awesome. I hope I never die like that.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah, I it's I love it. I'm I've looked at that page. It feels like a thousand times, and every time I look at it, I'm still like, I can't believe that's my comic. You know, I'm I'm still blown away. So, and it's just, yeah, I. I can't I can't tell you how, how excited I am to work with this team.
0: Yeah, that page is so good. Well, before we start looking at uh all the different perks, let's uh let's play the beautiful bean footage of this trailer.
1: In the flash of a gun barrel on an empty street, I saw all that I'd ever wanted. All that I'd
0: ever love. All that I was.
1: Taken from me. Murdered in cold blood.
0: They'll beg for death before I'm done. Someone once said, before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. A warning about how you can destroy yourself seeking satisfaction. That implies you have something to lose. But if you've already lost everything, grab the fucking shovel.
1: Damn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the the way that came out. I found a, a voice actress online, and, and I thought she did such a great job with oh yeah. the, the stuff we gave her. And uh, I had a friend put that trailer together, and it, it came out great. People really seem to like it. It's it's a
0: really good trailer. Uh, I tend to uh, take major issue when somebody puts a trailer up. And there's, you know, there's no kind of voice whatsoever to go with the trailer. And they're like, uh, this is boring. A lot of people just like, you know, listen to these shows. Because There's a lot of creators that listen to like. Tons of these shows because they're always looking to, you know, see, you know, see what other people are doing and uh, A lot of people you know subscribe to these shows online whether it's you know uh through uh you know unique listeners of the podcast on their favorite you know app or if they download it or if they're just like listening to like the youtube show and you know they could be they could be reading uh you know cooking dinner what have you and they just hear you know random music and and nothing you need you need to have some kind of narrative over the trailer because a lot of a lot of these shows go to podcast afterwards where you only have the spoken word to you know keep somebody's attention if if it's just like random music like oh must be over next one and
1: yeah i think that ties into my love like I said of movies and i like the old school trailers you know not just the you know the in a world kind of guy but even if you watch trailers before that they were very uh, they always had a voiceover that was always kind of descriptive. I always kind of dug those, so I think that's probably what led me to want to do that uh, kind of go that more out. But definitely what you're saying, because yeah, if you're just hearing the audio, you're like, oh, well, all right, music doesn't really help you out much if you're just listening.
0: Yeah, it's just you know, it, at least if they can hear people talking, they know something's still going on, and they can tune they can tune in and you know, you know, figure it out Oh, you know, it must be the trailer for the the project and it'll it'll keep them you know enthralled in the uh in the discussion at least
1: yeah and i wanted to definitely convey the tone of the book as well um without having to throw it at you know like just dump everything like this is what it's about and i i think that she did such a great job with the read it, it definitely gets a lot of that across
0: oh yeah yeah she did a great job and the and the trailer itself came out you know it's it's a really top it's a top-notch trailer for sure
1: yeah i, I i'm so, like I said i had a friend who did that and it just came out great and another friend wrote the music he actually wrote the music for that and wrote the music for the first campaign uh and i am always so grateful for you know friends and just who are willing to help out like that you know and the indie comic scene is such a great place because there's been so many people who have been uh so helpful just as i'm learning indiegogo so many great people just reached out and you know told me little things i can do or just introduced me to people uh like yourself to get the word out and uh it's oh, just oh been yeah. a fun the, experience the
0: uh i i find i found that uh a lot of people i know that just use indiegogo are you know they're they're very helpful you know if they feel you know if they feel that that you're you know uh well a tool <laughs> they're gonna be like yeah you're just in this for the money uh you're not in this for the you know of course you want to make money so you can keep producing more content but you know if you're just in it for the money they tend to like shy away from people like that but people that are you know have their heart and soul uh into a passion project like this they they can just tell you know
1: and i definitely noticed there's uh, there's very very uh uh, passionate group for indiegogo um and it's just trying to get to that group uh and get the word out you know i like i said i've always used kickstarter and there was always kind of this stigma about using one or the other but not both Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know why i was like oh well i'm on kickstarter i can't do indiegogo because then people would get upset and then I talked to other creators are like, no, it's, it's kind of different groups. And then sure enough, it, it really feels like it's two totally different groups. Like one that'll use only Kickstarter and vice versa. Um, so yeah. yeah. M-
0: much like everything else nowadays, uh, they've uh, they've politicized it and uh, not, not even on the Indiegogo side uh, Kickstarter politicized it pretty much when, uh, and, and kind of like, uh, dug their own grave so to speak when uh they hired they hired that hack girl as a comic liaison for them and she immediately went to a list of people that were you know known cg creators and just started blockchaining thousands of people
1: yeah i i mean i've heard of it or i've heard that the about that recently um, and I, I'd hope, you know, that there's something that they really, that's a lot of, you know, you know, for them, it's a lot of money lost. Um, yeah. and there's a lot of great creators out there. Like I, I didn't really, wasn't aware of comic skate, um, until I started doing Indiegogo and people were like, are you a comic skater? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I had to kind of get, you know, uh, the quick rundown by different people. And, uh, it, I, I would hate to think that uh such a large business would would want to alienate that many people um for a misunderstanding because my experience with the comics skate community has been nothing but positive um the people have been super supportive i don't see any of the um, uh the rhetoric i've heard negative about i haven't seen any of that and i've seen creators oh, no. from all walks it's, of life nationalities it, and everything
0: yeah it's it's all it's all propaganda
1: yeah, I think somebody's like you know, like they're Nazis, and I'm like, but the dude I just spoke with was Jewish. I'm like, I'm, I would think that's <laughs> so. That, that's that's a pretty, you know, if 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 you if a, you convince a Jewish man to be a Nazi, you have to be the greatest salesman in the world.
0: Well, so well, he, he he must be leading all us Nazis then.
1: Yeah, so uh... <laughs> I'm very much the opinion there's no such thing as you know, uh, all one or the other type of thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure both sides have people that are just closer to the the bad examples that people say. Um, but everybody I've talked to and spoke to is nowhere near the the the, the kind of horrible rhetoric I've heard. Oh, and yeah like I said, I've talked to creators who are, you know, you know, not white, who are you know uh, homosexual, who are um different religious backgrounds. So obviously, um that breaks the narrative right there for a lot of people.
0: yeah, it's like uh, they're a hate group, really? Uh, the only thing cumulatively that they hate is all this push pushing a narrative and checking boxes to check boxes that you know the mainstream has been having for like the last you know four or five years and you know abundantly clear that they've been doing it like so much now because they don't care about the comics they're just producing comics to keep the ips alive because of the millions of dollars a year they make off of television and movies now
1: yeah it's funny because uh i i was reading comics uh very regularly with you know getting my box and floppies up until about you know about five years or so ago and i realized i had kind of more moved into independence you know i was supporting a lot of kickstarters and and whatnot and as i thought about it i was like well a lot of it was because i wasn't i didn't care anymore about the stories they were putting out they felt really boring Mm -hmm. and uh i I, at the time i couldn't put anything on i was like "Eh, maybe i've just outgrown it but i realized uh, so much of the indie scene was where so many newer fresh stories were coming from voices you weren't hearing from creators who maybe never had a chance to hit like you know marvel or dc now have an outlet for their creativity and it's you know i i've been enjoying those stories more because it feels different and then i'm seeing now it's like yeah marvel really has kind of been kind of pretty meh I'm like I, I haven't yeah. read any storyline that is at all memorable.
0: The only thing that I've read from Marvel that was any good that actually got my money was uh, the run of uh, Immortal Hulk that just wrapped.
1: And I, yeah, I'm I'm out of the loop on the newest book. I, I like I stopped buying floppies a couple years ago. I buy just paper uh, trade uh, paperbacks. Or yeah. Because uh, it's just easier at this point to get them in a collection real quick if I want to, but yeah. I find myself going back and just reading like you know usually stories from like the two thousands and before the nineties, eighties, and seventies. Reading those yeah. collections.
0: Well, that that's what I'm you know that's what I'm doing now. You know, I'm I've I've wrapped up you know pretty much everything I'm doing, uh, you know minus minus some indie stuff like uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Rich Davis's uh, Cult of Dracula series. And you know, so I've been buying those, and uh, I signed up to get like all the all the books from Bad Idea, which I which I've been enjoying. And uh, you know, other than that, you know, Immortal Hulk, Immortal Hulk ended, and they gave Donnie Cates the Hulk. This will be the first time since I was a teenager that I uh, refused to read a Hulk book.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: It really is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't like him at all.
1: <laughs> I thought about fandoms a lot recently, where you know, especially like with Star Wars, it's it's very divisive, and people get upset, and and like you were talking about He Man with Kevin Smith, and I think for me, it always feels like when they do stuff like that, it's not that you know you're destroying my childhood; it's that we are the fans that kept this property relevant for the last I don't know how many years. We're the ones who supported it. We're the ones who bought the toys. We're the ones who still talked about it. And then when you finally come out with something out, you don't make it for us. You make it for somebody else. And then you wonder why we get mad. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel for a lot of this stuff is, you know, wait, I'm the one who's been giving you money for the last three decades, keeping this property alive. And now you're saying it's not for me anymore. So pops
0: pops popped in and now he's popping back out because he's working, but he came in and he, he dropped the link for the Indiegogo. So thank you for that.
1: Is AO, always working and I was here now I'm gone working <laughs> yeah he, I don't need he, that he's always got something going so I don't know well this
0: this week this weekend is uh is cromcon 17 so uh that's uh that's that's taken up his his time and uh the guy that I usually pair up with on on cromcon well besides him the the guest I usually pair up with is uh is a uh Independent illustrator Sean Howe, who I do an art show with on Wednesday nights.
1: Okay. And
0: and he's gonna be on the pre-show. And I won't be on the pre-show because I'm gonna be uh interviewing Brian uh from Arif Saga, who uh is getting ready to launch uh dwarves versus lions. Whoops, we just lost your audio.
1: Oh oh, sorry, try that now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think I saw a, a link for that, Doors versus Lions. Um, I've been trying to get on more uh, chats and shows uh, just to kind of meet the, you know, the crowd and get to know people better and, you know, see what everything's about. And I think I saw that on one of them. So,
0: yeah, I, I signed up for it and I just happened to be on, uh, you know, doing a Pops, you know, working on working on stuff and setting up schedules and everything. And I always I always keep a, a YouTube like two YouTube tabs open. One, I'll be playing music, you know, and, you know, in my happy place. And, and the other one I'll just have, have over and I'll click back and forth to see, you know, if something's going on, I got a notification that they went live. And there was like, there was a huge discussion chat with uh, a whole ton of people. And we were just like throwing ideas out and he was, you know, taking in, you know, taking in the ideas and we were going back and forth and, a lot of the stuff had been put in stone, and he set up the page. He set up. Uh, he did two things with the uh, with the pre-launch sign-up page. One was uh, on the day on the on launch day on the launch stream. He's going to give away a uh, a dwarf tier, which will give one person that signed up the opportunity to become one of the dwarfs in the book. Oh, wow. And the other one is when they back a physical of dwarfs versus lions, because they signed up on the pre-launch page, uh, they will uh, get an exclusive patch.
1: That's actually pretty smart. I mean, I'm learning for myself that the pre-launch is super important. And, uh, oh, obviously yeah. I, uh, I, as I say, I'm learning as I go. Unfortunately, I missed that one, but definitely for the next time I will be prepared with, uh, I mean, that's a great idea right there. I,
0: I I also learned that the pre-launch page, uh, and I just learned this the other day. I've been doing this almost two years. Uh, I just learned that the Indiegogo pre-launch page only stays up for six months.
1: That's a long, that's still a pretty long pre-launch. I, I know I've heard of people doing pre-launches, but I, I think the most I ever heard was like two months. And that was mostly just to get sign-ups.
0: Yeah, like two to, two to three months because usually like 10% of, of your signups will back. I know uh, Arif has a higher rate, but uh, Global Frequency just wrapped up their Indiegogo for uh, Mavericks. Their Kickstarter still has a couple weeks left.
1: They were doing... I saw that earlier. They did really well on that. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah Indiegogo, 305 backers, 25k.
1: Yeah.
0: On their first campaign ever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And their their conversion rate for uh, signups on their pre-launch page was 95%.
1: Wow. That is crazy.
0: And uh, Neff said, uh, well... This just goes to show you, uh, we only have friends that buy indie comics.
1: So, yeah, definitely what I've learned is with Kickstarter, you can not have an audience and people will come and find you. Because Kickstarter is very good with um, uh, kind of like you could just peruse and you'll find just random books, you know, that you might like. And I think I got a lot of business through Kickstarter for just uh, just people finding me that way. And and definitely with Indiegogo, you kind of have to have your audience with you. Uh, They're not going to find you randomly. But the upside to that is it seems like they're very um, devoted or they at least are very supportive. And then when you go on to do other things, if they like you, they'll be more inclined to back you. So you build your audience through word of mouth uh, as opposed to just the random findings.
0: Yeah, and and Um, the big big thing is a good chunk of uh, people that you know, either use Indiegogo for their own projects, you know, plus back other projects or just fans that prefer Indiegogo over Kickstarter, Uh, a good portion of them all hang out on Twitter as you've come to
1: learn. Yeah, so when I started uh, Kickstarter, everybody always said, oh, for best advertising for Kickstarter is Instagram and Facebook. So I put all my resources into Instagram and Facebook and I didn't really use Twitter because Twitter always seemed like where people went to uh, like, I only knew it as a place where people kind of complained. And I was like, "Eh, I don't want to be part of that. The
0: cesspool of blue check marks.
1: Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to deal with that. I go to Indiegogo going to, was like, Oh, well they're all on Twitter. And I'm like, of course they are. (laughs) The one I haven't used in like three years. So yeah, like I said, learning as i go so Mm -hmm. i am using more twitter doing my best to get that out there um and the other the other thing too is once you
0: start getting followers on twitter every time you share your project you have two three to you know two to twelve people that will see it in the course of the day and retweet it out
1: and yeah i I mean i don't you know in the world of followers my number is small but the people that have have been so nice and been retweeting every time I try to get the link out there. Um, and it's been just nothing but amazing. Uh, just like I said, the support I'm getting just right away, you know, people who see my book and they really like it and they said, Hey, we want to help you get the word out. And I'm like, that's so cool. You know, I don't know these people and it's like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I great. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> from where I'm from that I haven't had that, uh, people reach out as much. So it's, it's very cool. Um, And a little bit more, you know, you get nervous, like, Oh, people have more interaction. So if they hate the book, they're going to let you know right away too. So Mm -hmm. I got to make sure what I give them is, is the best I can give them. So,
0: well, I sold a stack of uh, some pretty big keys to a friend of mine, Uh, paid off a couple of bills and I had, uh, I had about 300 bucks left over. And I went all in on on Mavericks. I bought the big collector's box. I I bought the merch tier. <laughs> it, and I'm... it's it's the most money I've ever spent. Now this this coming from a guy that would walk into the to his uh, comic shop and bitch, piss, and moan uh, because the new number one from Marvel or DC that I was looking forward to checking out uh was like 12 bucks <laughs> and at then i go then i then i then i run to indiegogo and spend 220
1: <laughs> but at least there you know where the money's going you know it, it's yeah. going to you're 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 helping fund more more you know more passion projects more more original stories so i that's why i mean i i've done most of my backing through um kickstarter uh just because that was the platform I first started on, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I mean, every time, even if I don't know, I always like it. I always think, you know what, this is going to where it needs to go to people who are actually telling new stories. So that's a good feeling. I don't. I've never dropped as much. I think the most I ever did was close to two hundred on a few projects. But yeah, uh, it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, because I used to go to the store and I would get my pull boxes, and I'd be like, man, two hundred bucks in comics. What am I doing? That that was like a, a weekly occurrence for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, older guys like us will remember you could go back and spend twenty bucks and walk out with fistfuls of comics at one point. Now, you yeah, I know. I'm like,
0: oh, and and now you know, for the most part, all I'm doing is buying back issues. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's where the good stories are at this. Point. I mean, there's a there's a few new things. The only thing that I've liked really liked from DC in the last few years, you know, I always get excited when I see a Batman book because you know four-year-old me watching you know adam west and burt ward on tv as batman and robin you know dug my heels in deep for you know 40 plus years but you know i'm not even excited to read any of that stuff anymore the only stuff that's that i've actually enjoyed has been uh their black label stuff
1: dc's been hit or miss for me like again like i said i just buy the 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 trade paperbacks but yeah it's it's cheaper
0: it's cheaper to be a trade waiter yeah you know you know than, than it is that and i mean i've been going to my lcs since i was 15 i discovered them in my town i was 15 his first comic book sh- shop i walked into uh i ended up becoming friends with the guy that the owner hired to manage the location and then he ended up buying out the owner and uh you know i've been friends with him you know ever since and i mean i'll still go there i'll still buy my supplies you know from him because i want to support a local business and uh i will buy you know i'll go you know i'll go in once in a while and you know in the chair now that he's moved further down in the plaza that has uh, wheelchair accessibility for me and uh and other people uh you know, I'm not the only person in the wheelchair in that whole town. I mean, come on, what are the odds? Uh, and uh, you know, I'll go in and I'll 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 peruse and you know maybe maybe buy you know a a treat or an omnibus of something that I wanted to read and you know never got around to it because I couldn't afford it because I was spending too much money on on trash modern comics or when when he has a back issue sale, uh, and drops everything that's $10, you know, under $10 to, you know, a buck a piece. I'm like, yeah, I can get behind, you know, buying back issues for a buck a piece, Yeah. you know, so that's, you know, that, that's where I am, you know, with that. And I, I do buy, you know, online, but it just, you know, it's been back issues. Like I bought, uh, Mike Grell's John Sable Freelance. I bought almost the entire series for like 20 bucks
1: wow, a few months bad.
0: ago. And I'm like, that's good reading.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I do cave. I, I'm uh, like a cover whore. I'll buy variant covers. Even if it's a series I'm not even like going to read. I was like, man, I do love that cover. So I am one of those guys. I still do that periodically. Or if it's an artist I really like, I'll always buy their book, their cover book or whatever, just because of that. But yeah, when it comes you to actual stories, lot I am so <laughs> like <laughs> I love Frank Cho and Art. Jo, they put out stuff. I'll just like. Well, oh God, you know, ahead. I think we all
0: love Frank Cho for the same reason.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny when I last Comic Con I did, he was there, and like there was just nobody at his table, and I was looking around in shock, like, "Why is there nobody at Frank Cho's table?" It's, a, it's it, it it baffled me. So I mean, you know. Great for you know anybody who, who got to talk to him so, and Jay Lee too. I got to meet him early on, and it was nice guy. And there was nobody around the time. I was like, "What's going on?"
0: The last show I covered for Outright Geekery was uh, Rhode Island Comic Con back in 2019, and I got to meet uh, Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. Talked to him for about 40 minutes, and this was you know while they were setting up, so he hadn't gotten you know angry at any anybody that was wondering why they had to pay $50 to have him sign a book. Um, and, uh, I, I spent some time, uh, you know, some time every day when there was nobody at his table talking to Graham Nolan. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he was sick of me after like the first hour, but you know, he was, he was captured behind a table. He couldn't go anywhere. Uh,
1: I've worked a lot of shows where Neil Adams is at, and I try to catch him in the, you know, the morning before it opens. And I try, I always like try to approach him like um, some kind of like colleague, almost like, hey, Neil, I'm a writer as well. You know, obviously I'm nowhere, will never be anywhere Neil Neil Adams level of anything. But I I figured like maybe if I approach him with confidence, you know, he'll have a conversation. Mm -hmm. He always looks like, eh. And I was like, all right, well. And then I I run off scared because it's, you know, the aura around him drives me away, but... Yeah, I, I, I always enjoy getting to see Neil and his massive like just group that he brings in.
0: Oh, I, I thought you were going to say his massive adult diaper. <laughs> oh.
1: No. <laughs> so I, I I have the I, – I, God help me, I forgot his name. The guy who did all the covers, the artwork for uh, Iron Maiden we met him at a show and his wife was the nicest lady and she was talking to us all the time. And anytime he'd sign something or like, if it like the pen broke or just anything like that, and they didn't like it. she just kept handing it to those, here you go, it goes. So we had like his really nice hard bound edition art book for free. Cause he was writing in it and the pen kind of had a, a blotch and he likes it to be perfect. So we had so much swag. It's, it's funny just the people you meet and just the conversations you can have. So.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I got to meet Bill McKay. Uh, Christopher Priestley, who, uh, who writes some of the Vampirella stuff over at Dynamite, uh, Mike Grell, Tom Mandrake, and you know, a whole, bu- whole bunch of indie people as well. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I had a good time. So,
1: I caught but- Brian Padillo on the way to the bathroom because my one of my first big cons they put us right next to the bathroom. So, I was I was sitting there trying to talk to him and the poor guy was really nice, but you could tell he's like, okay, I gotta go. So
0: can't talk right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So catch uh, me on the
0: way out if you can. <laughs> no,
1: it wasn't the greatest booth spot, but you know, I got to see people coming and going all day.
0: Oh yeah. All right, let's dive into your tiers here. So your featured tier is Dig to Graves Graphic Novel, $30. Uh, it's 80 pages. All full color of revenge action plus an eight and a half by eleven and a half a four full color glossy print. That would be the one that we were discussing earlier, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Brian Bartling print.
0: Uh included items, the Dig Two Grass graphic novel and the aforementioned Aaron Bartling mini print.
1: So yeah, I think it's like 84 pages I have to I have to look at. I I'm pretty positive it's 84 pages uh from both books. I write uh long for my books. I'd like to clock in at 40 to 42 pages. Mm-hmm. Um and I you know cuz for me I'm like I'm an indie creator. I got to give them double what they get from anybody else cuz you know, yeah. I got to I got to give them more bang for their buck.
0: You want to give them you want to give people more bang for their buck in the fact of, you know, what an average indie comic costs on these crowdfunding platforms uh even in even in you know a floppy form mm-hmm. is you know an average averages out like 25 bucks a pop
1: yeah so I'm, I'm i'm trying to make it so when people do back they're not just getting like you know the standard what is that 22 pages give or take um so they're getting you know at least double that and then with this, we're gonna try to, uh, you know, that'll be eighty four pages of just story, and then of course there'll be like the extras, like, um, you know, some concept art, some variant art, things like that. Uh, if we hit some bigger goals, my idea is to maybe put more previews of what's coming up in issue three. Um, and, you know, it just depends how, how how well we do by the end. So.
0: And this is this is issue two of the series, correct?
1: Uh, this is this is actually issue one and two. So. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's the first two books. And I, I just, like I said, I had done floppies for Kickstarter. Um, I would wanted to do the, the graphic novel version. Um, and I, since it was Indiegogo, I'm like, well, I'm just going to do a little bit different. So that's why it, it we I went this route with it.
0: Okay, so Kickstarter, you did floppies. And Indiegogo, you're going the graphic novel version.
1: Right. I wanted to keep... Because, okay. like I said, yeah, at the time, I thought I needed to make the campaigns completely different. Um, so... And this case catches people up too, so they're all good to go.
0: So you gotta you this is basically your catch-up tier.
1: You. <laughs> yeah, you'll get this and you're like I said, you'll you'll be right up with everybody else, and then we're you know, we're turning into book three. You know, that's my hope is to get that really going around January 2022, I guess. Um mm-hmm. so once everything's you know finished uh getting sent out to everybody, get that moving.
0: Uh and for those that cannot afford the shipping are you doing worldwide
1: uh i am uh i don't remember what we have for the worldwide uh i I know it's a little bit higher just because there's been some horrible increases especially the places like australia yeah um where it's just it's unfair for everybody involved yeah Um,
0: australia they're probably not going to get it the uh you know the the the, uh the, the governmental martial law will just probably you know take your stuff and And read it and stuff so i got
1: uh i do have friends in australia so they will actually get the bulk of everything and then they will actually ship it directly from there so i only have to make like one shipment thankfully
0: oh very good so as long as as long as they get your shipment yeah you're all good because now you're mailing from within the uh from within uh the former and now current prison island of Australia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know the specifics of what's going on down there, but I know right now shipping down there anything is just outrageous. So oh, yeah. I feel for anybody down there who's trying to get something outside the country. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pricey.
0: Yeah, uh, you know the, the the rates are going you know skyrocketing like every you know every other country around. Australia, of course, is always the highest. You know something. I, I think it's a our our toilet water goes in in the reverse angle attacks or something like that but you know
1: <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> yeah yeah but hopefully that gets situated soon
0: <laughs> yeah maybe they can they can spin the water the other way I think it's because they're upside down
1: uh, but, and they're like as you are showing, there is the PDF version for people who just want to help support they want to read it um and I know some people want to read before they commit so. Definitely yeah. a chance for them to, yeah, to for, see the for, story. And for see for if eight they bucks, like it. you
0: can get the PDF. And there are some people that just prefer digital comics. Yeah. I Why? mean I don't know any of them, but... I have no idea. Uh, but some do. The pro- the problem is is most of the people I know overseas uh refuse to read anything that's not physical.
1: I'm sure my wife would prefer I bought only PDFs. Um, she it, would loves- take up, it would take I up space, yes, yes, yeah. My- I, I'm
0: trying to uh get rid of some comics because I, I have like 300 boxes.
1: I'm not that bad, I have only about I think 12 long boxes right now. Um,
0: well, this is this is between long and short, but it, it's still a lot,
1: yeah. anytime you have to move, those are the worst bastards to move, they're so damn heavy.
0: All right, well, I, I'm in a wheelchair, I can't move anything, but uh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. you know, you pay, you pay movers, you're like, I feel bad for you because I know that's heavy. Yeah. And you sit back and watch.
0: And uh, there is a mini poster set available for
1: $15. Yeah, so uh, since I wasn't doing... It, when I first set this up, I wasn't going to do any variants because, again, with the graphic novel, I, I didn't want to have to have lots of different printings of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to offer some of the variant uh, covers we had and just and some of these weren't even featured on the Kickstarter, so... Um, it's it's a nice array it's those uh was that five um posters some of those were variant covers some of them are just nice art that was uh poster form yeah Uh, like i said so we do the mini set and then we have the 11 by 17 for the people who kind of want that comic-con size poster yeah um so that one's in there as well so you get the couple options there
0: I, i really like the one in the middle
1: and, yeah. of course,
0: and, of course, the one just to the right of the middle.
1: <laughs> so the one in the middle is a guy, Vincent Vinticola. I, I don't know. I found him years ago, and he does, like, these portrait-style ones. I love them so much. He's done a few for me. Uh, and it's one of my personal favorites of all the stuff I've had done. That I, I go to that one uh, the most, just just my personal style. And, yeah, to the right is actually Nathan Surdzy. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, he does a lot of work right now for DC. Uh, he mm-hmm. does a lot of the Harley Quinn. Uh, he's got a very distinct style. They all kind of look like that. They're girls. He, even if it's like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, they're all heavily tattooed. Um, and it's kind of like this pinup style. They, it, they all like, have
0: the same body from the neck down.
1: It, it's very distinct. And I I like it. Uh, and I got him, like I said, right before he started doing those. So I got at least one out of them.
0: Hey, you know, you take what you can get.
1: Yeah, and I I was glad I got the one, and and then I could say, "Hey, I got a guy who works for DC, did some art for me."
0: And then we get into the hardcovers.
1: So, yeah, I did add these just recently. I think just a few days ago, whenever it is, I posted about it. Um, I I, I want I limited these to to a smaller amount. Um, It's for people who are you know who just really. Want, and I love the hardbound editions of stuff mm-hmm. so this is kind of my way of just living out that that dream of I really want to just have the hardbound so it gives me an excuse to have my own copy of a hardbound um, and then I wanted to do something because uh, I, I, I've been enjoying the Indiegogo crowd and the people who've been supportive I wanted to make sure they had something that was unique for them so that's where the other hardbound came in it's the variant by uh, my cover artist Wilton Santos uh, it's like the driver the movie poster inspired version he did Mm-hmm. And this one's only for Indiegogo. So this is the that this is my to this crowd saying here, this is something that's just for you. And I mean, the
0: that's a gorgeous cover. Like the the sunset colors he put in on that and everything are just amazing.
1: Yeah, Wil so Wilton Santos, I think he actually does uh he's been doing some of the Star Wars books for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um he's actually the the page uh the penciler and everything. So uh yeah, he's done all my covers so far, my main covers. Uh, he's actually already got like three more done. Like I've just having him go out and do all the covers before the book's done, because you know, just getting them all lined up. But uh, I, that was one we did. It didn't. Uh, I liked it. I didn't know when if I was going to use it, and I was like, you know what, this is a perfect time. This is such a beautiful cover. It's beautiful work. It needs to be seen. So,
0: yeah, and that's that's great because I mean I just love that cover. I mean, I love hardcovers. You know, I love the price of the soft cover. Yeah, but I love the longevity of the hardcover.
1: And they look uh, so good in a bookshelf too.
0: Yeah, because you you put too many of the uh, the soft covers up there, and they the they start to like warp a little bit, and you know, depending the climate you're living in, you might get a little corner curl on them, and I'm like. Oh, uh, now we gotta buy another one. This one's not
1: perfect anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I said I love the book self display for all my graphics and my mm. and my, of course, all the toys and collectibles that go with it. So oh, I'm there wow. with you on that one. You making toys? No, I just been in. General, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we do well enough, you know, if we pull in a bigger number, I'll look into it for sure. I don't know anything about that, so I would not want to commit to that at the moment.
0: I'm like, because I wouldn't mind having an action figure
1: of her. <laughs> I would, don't get me wrong, I would love any, like, I love my own merchandise for this stuff, because to me it's like, oh, it's my character, it's so fun to have it. Um, I mean, there is nothing better than holding your own comic in your hand. Uh, that first time is just, it's amazing. For anybody who's ever created something, it's, it's so fun. Uh, this is the cameo tier, so I did two of these. There's the cameo, which is you know, just have yourself drawn in um, just, you know, you'd probably be a background character um, depending if you have something specific, I could try to, you know, work with that. Uh, and then the other one is a cameo with a speaking role. So I've actually written out the next few books and I always leave a couple people vague on mm-hmm. their look and what they'll say just for this role. So if somebody actually, you know, if you're going to pay such a high end for a point, I, I want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth. So you can tell me, hey, I want to be a bad guy or a good guy. I want to be shot, you know, whatever. I can work that in. And I can't necessarily say, I. oh, if you have something specific you'd like to say, I can't say for sure it would get worked in. But I would definitely try to accommodate as best as I can, um, depending on, you know, what kind of character you're looking for. So for that one, it is pricey, but I'll make sure that you get, uh, I'll try to get you your money's worth. So you'll get, you know, a little bit of customization with that.
0: Yeah, like, I I couldn't have my character say, why did you unsubscribe to Creators Outlet on YouTube and then get shot in the face?
1: I mean, I could always find a way to somehow make that work, but you made me, uh, it may be odd. So, yeah, (laughs) as I always say, artist discretion. I've learned that lesson uh, one too many times.
0: Well, both these cameos look like they're both about to die horrendously. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i i mean we just like said we took the cover and we're like you know i just make the guy like a you know you could fit right in so yeah uh because i, I had i did this with another book the one i mentioned earlier rebel yell my first series it, somebody's like I, it was like a monster of the week kind of setup, and they're like i want to get eaten by a monster i'm like sure i could do that <laughs> that's easy so you know hey if somebody wants something special if they want a crazy death i can certainly work that in And then the other ones I added, um, essentially, you get the graphic or, sorry, the heart edition of either one, but you also get the 11 by 17 um, uh, commission from Von Randall. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then I'll, you know, for that, you also get Lothar you know, you get the posters and, uh, and, of course, anything else I can think of, I'll just throw in that package. So,
0: yeah. So $1,200. Uh... You're paying the artist for a commission, and and Jim is just throwing in uh, one of the hard covers, one of the soft covers, and all the swag he can muster.
1: Exactly. I mean, if I got the kitchen sink and it can fit, we'll throw that in too. But well, I so, mean, so a commission made, by Vaughn is amazing anyway. That's worth probably, you know, for me, as much as I love his art, it's worth everything. Yeah. And
0: you've got you've got two tiers of five set up on this.
1: Yeah. So basically the, I set it up as if you want one cover or if you want the other cover, I guess I could have said, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could have set it up as pick any cover, but I think for a visual, uh, I, I set it up as two.
0: Yeah. So, uh, here's, here's all this when you, when you can pick the main cover or you can pick the variant cover, you know, plus the, plus the soft cover and, you know, all the swag and stretch goals, and... Yeah.
1: And we put free shipping on that. I mean, if you're paying that high price, obviously I'm not going to also charge you shipping. So
0: yeah. Uh, are you doing free shipping on any of the cameos?
1: Uh, I can as well. I didn't even think about, or I might've put that at, at the point. I, I have to look, I don't remember, but yeah, anything over those bigger tiers, you know, obviously uh, it, it's not going to be a problem. I mean, unless you're in Australia, in which case I, mean, I have to, I'm teasing. <laughs> But uh, if yeah. you're in Australia, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Australia, the shipping is probably going to cost you the same as the tier. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, we're, we're, I'm doing my best to make that as easy as possible because I do have a, very, uh, a lot of great people who have supported me in Australia. Um, and I want to make sure that I can get them the books as well. So that's why I said I have friends out there who I'm going to make sure they get the one bulk shipment and then they can parcel it out from there. So it should make it easier for anybody internationally um, to get it. Yeah, And I did that before. And, and international shipping is a pain. But the for me, the idea of knowing my book is somewhere in another part of the world being read was just, it's so exciting. And I love that idea so much that uh, I'll always have international shipping. I'll always try to make it as, as affordable as I can. Mm-hmm. And I'll always try to make sure that, that they get what, you know, they feel like they got a good product for that extra they had to pay.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I like to call it, uh, Mike Jimmy uh, is from the Netherlands. He's, uh, he's, he's the creator of uh, Life on Cora, and he's, uh, he's a publisher, too. And uh, he, he'll he pop in because of the time zone difference. When we do the art show, it's, it's very late in the evening, you know, early morning, and uh, he literally lives in the future. So, you know, when it's midnight Eastern time, uh, it's 5 a.m to him. he's getting up having breakfast getting ready to go to his day job <laughs> so he'll pop in and we have a we have a running joke he goes oh Mike Jimmy's here from the Netherlands. We have international notoriety once again.
1: <laughs> so I, 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 you think after all these years everybody I deal with being international you think I'd be good with the time zones and I'll just space it I'll start chatting and then they're like dude it's like two in the morning here. I'm like oops sorry about that. Oh
0: yeah. It's, you know, you're going to be like, uh, Siri, what time is it in Australia?
1: <laughs> I get so excited. I'm like, hey, if you're responding, I just assume you're up. So yeah, and with hey. most artists I know, their hours vary from, you know, wildly. So
0: yeah, uh, some artists I know are are kind of like insomniacs. Yeah, they'll
1: they like, you know, they'll take the
0: best. they'll take, they'll, they'll sleep like an hour and a half to two hours at various times during the day, most of which includes them passing out at the drawing table.
1: I Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't write at night, but it seems like, yeah, drawing is like peak hours at like, you know, the latest hours. Yeah, because, you know,
0: nobody's there. Nobody's usually around to bother you. And even if you're streaming, you're, you, you know, even if you're doing like, you know, a YouTube thing for your channel, uh, you have like, you know maybe five or six people watching, you know, diehard fans that, you know, they'll get a notification at 3am. Oh, Eric Strong again, son of a bitch. I got to get up and watch this. <laughs> but when you scroll down, uh, for everybody listening on the podcast, if when you go to the, uh, page, uh, if you scroll further down towards the bottom, you can get a better look at the, uh, the poster sets, because there's a larger image of them. And uh, they all look pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I tried to give a mix of um, different uh, art styles. So mm-hmm. when I reach out to an artist that I like, and I, I, I want them to do some kind of variant, I pretty much just say, here's the character, do your take. And so that's why everything's kind of uniquely different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so like you said, you know, the far left kind of has more of that animated, kind of it's very bright, uh, and then you got the action pose, that that artistic portrait one in the middle, the the sexy pin up and then the one on the far right is it, it doesn't do it justice at that picture. I should probably put some bigger ones up. Uh, it, it's such a beautiful piece. It's from an artist in I believe she's in Brazil, and I, forgive me, I can't remember her name. But uh, there's just this. She does this lovely red tattoo line work all through the body, and it's just so cool.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was blood at first, and then yeah, you we- said tattoo, and I go. Oh, yeah. I see pictures. Yeah. Yours.
1: yeah when, and I, I should probably put some uh, blow them up in there. But yeah, when you see it, it's it's just I love her style. It's very unique. And so I was like, I had to have her do some work for me.
0: And and when you buy that, you will know her name because it is signed at the bottom right corner of the poster.
1: Yes. And I have it. I just don't have it atop top of my head. So yeah. I, I obviously want to credit all my amazing artists and, uh, and they know that I love them. And that I will always make sure that if anybody loves their stuff, I will always promote where they're at so people can find them for themselves.
0: And the hardbound editions are exclusive to Indiegogo. So whether you take the main cover or this gorgeous variant cover, uh, I, I have to say I am partial to this variant cover.
1: Yeah, it's, I love it. Um, Like I said, Wilton Santos, he just knocked it out of the park with that one.
0: No matter which hardcover you take, uh, it's, the hardcover is only available on Indiegogo.
1: So, and, and yeah, I said, that's my, as best ways I could say thank you to the Indiegogo crowd is giving them something just for them, so. And
0: stretch goals.
1: So, yeah, I, I'm the worst with stretch goals. I, I, I kind of forget about them until I get to it. And then it's like, oh, so we got unlocked already. We got, of course, you know, the stickers and bookmarks, which are, you know, pretty standard. Uh, and I started reaching out to people saying, you know, what do you want to see? And I because I thought, you know, stickers and bookmarks people weren't that were not that were bored with. And some people were like, no, I don't want them. But I had such an overwhelming response of what they they almost like look for them in campaigns like they collect them. Yeah, so I, I was like, "Oh, well, there they are." <laughs>
0: uh, so, so this, the stickers—the stickers are cool. Uh, so, I, I have to, you know, draw attention to it. I'm very partial to the one on the far right, where she is almost naked, uh, and the bookmark on the far left, in the, in the bikini with a Glock.
1: The. Uh- <laughs> so- it, it, like I tell people, the book, the character isn't very sexualized, obviously. I I, I like things to stay grounded, yeah. but artists, I give them the, it was that like car blanche to do what they want. um. And so those are their takes, and they're very, you know, it, like anything, when you do a campaign, it's like, well, I'm going to have a couple sexy variants of some sort, because yeah. people like those. Uh,
0: so yeah, those are uh, some
1: uh, artist takes. Yeah, the,
0: the far right sticker is, you know, she's covered, but it's sexy as fuck. It, it, it gives me shades of... uh. Like the old Ghost in the Shell, the original Ghost in the Shell comic almost.
1: Yeah, and the artist for that one, uh, Diego, uh, he's he's done a few things for me, and I really like his style. Um, I, I'm not into anime necessarily. I, like, I don't read much manga, but his stuff is like kind of on that verge of anime, but also not quite. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I mean, he does anime as well, and, and I really like it. So he's done some variant stuff for me, and, and I always love his stuff.
0: And when we when you hit a 1.5 k, you will unlock the Chibi Miranda sticker.
1: And actually, that I forgot. It's not a sticker; it's a magnet. So people will get the magnet at that point.
0: Oh, see, we're yeah. so used to getting Chibi stickers. Uh, the magnet is is ten times better. I love getting magnets because I can just randomly stick it on my fridge and and forget about it until I until it's time to eat, and then I would be like, oh, yes. And some exactly. of them I will only see when I'm coming in the door because my my apartment opens up into my kitchen. So when I'm coming back from uh, checking the mail or from one of my many horrendous doctor's appointments, I will uh, I will see magnets on that side of the fridge as well.
1: And, and yeah, people. I was one of these people like they really liked magnets. I'm like, cool. I got that. And then yeah, the next one is uh, so we call that the grindhouse. It was a grindhouse inspired uh poster so for anybody who's who actually saw some of the old grindhouse posters and movies mm-hmm. they kind of had this drawn look and you know i i love those and i wanted one so that's a tier and then if we could make it up to 3k uh we got the marvel inspired trading card so essentially we took the marvel's 90 marvel's cards look mm-hmm. and then added obviously my characters to it uh, i love those cards i collected them i still have them so this for I, me is a fun I sold, little... I sold mine. Oh, uh, I couldn't do it. They're, I think those mean more to me than the comics sometimes. That's how much I love them.
0: You know, I loved them, but I hadn't looked at them in like 20 years. And then somebody said, hey, you know, for whatever reason, some speculator fool said the Marvel cards are worth money. I'm like, they are. And I, had, I sold the set. And then... He goes, Do you have any of the stickers? I go, I have all the stickers, but this one. Another $25, and you can have them. I'll take them. Okay. So I I got like I got like a buck and a quarter for the for the set.
1: I uh, think I I I saw that. That was like not that long ago. I remember people were like going crazy for those those Marvel cards yeah. all of a sudden.
0: They're 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 going to Beckett's and getting them graded.
1: I mean, that, suckers. I, they're everywhere. I mean, shit. you could probably buy enough of them to use for toilet paper for the rest of your life. There were so many of them.
0: Yeah, it Oh, it was just, it was just, I still have some, like I've got the McFarlane Wolverine set, the first one. And I've got like one or two partial sets of uh, like the, the Spider-Man stuff. And I got, I've got like a bunch of fantasy cards. Like I bought like a box of, uh. The artist, uh, Michael Whalen. he did a lot of uh, covers for like uh, fantasy novels back in like the 80s and 90s. Wonderful artist. And I bought like one box of his cards on sale. And I got like five complete sets.
1: Well, there you go. That's a deal. So
0: I'm like, you know, you know, and I'll ask like artist friends. I go, okay, well, I'm sending you something. Um, hey, remember Michael Wayland? Yeah. No, I've already got that card set. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you're, I started been selling them. You're just giving them away. I go, yeah.
1: <laughs> I remember when I went to a comic shop in the early two thousands when I was trying to sell stuff, and, and I remember mentioning that. And he's like, he's like, I got boxes and boxes of those. And I'm like, well, I hope you didn't get rid of them. There was that short window where you could sell them for ridiculous prices to people who didn't know any better. Oh yeah. So,
0: and uh, after the trading cards, if you if you get there is uh, at 4K, will be a pin.
1: Yeah, we don't have it yet. Like the look, so we kind of just put a placeholder in there. Um, if if we get to that point, uh, I'm hoping we have you know some bumps this week, uh, doing a lot of shows, trying to get the word out. Um, we'll start having more um, uh, the visuals. Yeah. So. And then that's why we have a lot of coming soon because I'm trying to make things, uh, create things that I haven't, I hadn't actually planned on going that high (laughs) Uh, because I don't know, I guess I didn't think that far ahead. So I'm hoping we can, my hope is to reach 50 backers um, by the end of this week. We have, I think, 17 days left and we're at 32, I think it said. Yep. So I'm hoping we can hit 50 before the end of the week um that should put us at a couple of those things and then obviously you know uh you'd like to hit as much as you can but you know
0: oh yeah
1: i'm still new to this audience i'm still getting my name out there and people are still finding me so i know it's a slow slow build.
0: not everybody can get 305 backers on their first indiegogo
1: yeah (laughs) i that i saw that i'm like wow those guys killed it i mean they really did we'll
0: we'll get you there at some point but uh
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: actually I, I had. Uh, uh, Stefan, the creator of uh, the veil walk around last night, and uh, we were talking various campaigns. And of course, I brought up. Uh, you know, I brought up. Uh, you know, this.
1: War is a topic of vital importance. Subject of inquiry that cannot be ignored. It is a matter of life
0: and death. It can be a road to safety
1: or to ruin.
0: In an alternate version
1: of our world, brought to the brink of total collapse, rival nations fight for global domination
0: and elite pilots in futuristic combat suits wage war on the battlefield of tomorrow. Now, six brave soldiers on a seemingly routine rescue mission will encounter more than they bargained for and uncover a dangerous secret that could change their world if they live long enough to see it. Now on Kickstarter because Indiegogo closed last night. Get it while you can, and uh, and now back to our regularly scheduled program. Of- <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was on a, a show with them and I saw that and I was like, man, I love the way you guys did that trailer. It's so cool, oh. uh, and they were they were super nice. So,
0: oh yeah, uh, they just barely got that edited about ten minutes before they launched.
1: Huh. Nothing
0: like the last minute uh he brought he brought in uh you know extra uh animators and stuff to help with certain areas of it and i mean they went they went all out and it i mean it paid off and uh you know it was it was oh so good and i was joking around with him on the closeout stream last night as he's getting ready to sign off and uh i'm like this bit book better not fucking suck <laughs> And he just looks down at me he's like ah oh. <laughs> click <laughs> <laughs>
1: well for that yeah, for that back you, it, you definitely gotta make sure you got your a game going but they they look like they got it all together that book looks amazing oh yeah um, they, i mean they, they, it's gonna kill people are gonna love it i already know i mean i don't i don't know any more than anybody else but just from what i've seen i mean yeah, well, you it's, it's, it's not
0: just that book there's also a uh there's also kind of like a prequel book that has three short stories in it yeah. that precedes that uh, and I bought their merch tier just because there's a 16 gig flash drive uh, that says Mavericks on it that has most of their world building stuff in there so you have context mm-hmm. so I'm like before when I finally get it for Christmas I think it's Christmas time uh, yeah. they said people should start seeing their packages arriving but uh, so before I can read the actual book, uh, I'm gonna flip through it quick, and then I'm gonna be like, oh, "Not yet." And then I gotta read all the world building stuff. Then I have to read the uh, the supplemental one with the three with the three uh, stories in it, and then I can read the main book.
1: Hmm. So I mean that I love how excited you are for it. I, that it's nice to see fans or somebody who still cares, you know, yeah, about. Just original stories, and as a creator, it makes me excited. You know, there's still fans out there like that who get excited to see something new. Yeah. You know, who don't need to see that DC or Marvel logo splattered across it. Who have to have you know Spider Man in every book for them to actually want to touch it. And I like that. And I, I I love that that's still there.
0: Yeah, I I hate that they destroyed Spider Man and 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 now Hulk with Donnie Cates. My phone, by the way, if I put hashtag in the letter I in, my phone automatically generates hashtag I hate
1: the Cates. Don, uh, Donny Cates was was that the, uh, wasn't he doing like GI Joe or something at one point? Um, or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't remember I'm... where
0: he started. He he's the one that's been doing Venom for like the last couple of years. Hmm. Uh, he's he's. If he has anything to say about it, he's always paired with Ryan Stegman, who is an amazing artist, uh, and and their friends and uh what it what it was is I read he did uh he did that kind of like uh like cannibal zombie book for aftershock.
1: This that, is Donny Cage you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Um, that was, that was good. I mean, I liked it. You know, what I read of it, I I really liked. And he did, uh, he did crop that book crossover for image. I read the first issue and it killed me to write him a good review. I, I, I hated myself. I, I was almost going to inflict pain upon myself and then realized, no, I had a relationship with my kid's mother. That was enough. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's been a there's been a couple of things he's done that you know started out good, but he he's also the one that did the Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost writer. Oh look, Frank Castle is still alive, and he's the Cosmic Ghost writer. Get out of here with that. <laughs> uh, and and a few other things that he did, and I'm like, I go yep the the marble sheeple are like worshiping him like he is you know the next coming of uh, Chris Claremont or something and I'm like uh, he's not He found what it was is he found a uh, he found a formula that worked that people bought into. And he just kept doing rinse and repeat with the same thing. It was change out characters and circumstances, but keep this loop on the outside the same. That's what everybody wants right now. And then he got his hands on Thor. Jason Aaron's Thor was way better. Uh, which, by the way, I sold pretty much my entire Jason Aaron Thor run and a couple of other keys to be able to back Mavericks because I got no money. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then he decided that, uh, oh, right here, Thor is going to kill Galactus with his hammer.
1: Well, I did not hear I didn't see that storyline at all. But like I said, I'm I'm out of the loop when it comes to the comics over the last, you know, five years. At this point, it seems like this well, Marvel and DC. Thank,
0: thank your lucky stars and garters that uh, that you missed that entirely. So it's uh, yeah, it's like no thanks. I've even responded to uh, some of his tweets uh, with, of course, my 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 hashtag. I hates the cates. I don't really think that's going to work out for you. I go. I go well. You're you're entitled to your opinion, uh, but next time I want it, I will squeeze your head. Where all the shit comes from? <laughs> wow! And I'm like, I go. What, what's he gonna do? Get me thrown off a of Twitter, and I will come back in like you know two hours with a brand new Twitter, uh, and just you know go through my go through my old list and. Repopulate again
1: Well like I said With everybody you need support with your money So yeah it's like uh, I, I I even you know
0: I won't You know Trash talk like if Like me saying I don't like him I've bought A bunch of I bought a bunch of His venom issues And I read them and I'm like they're not bad, yeah. This is a cool idea, but there's just so many. It was like reading a piece of Swiss cheese. You know, it's the he he likes to sweep everybody up in the euphoria of the situation, and they forget. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that can't happen. Uh, that's not how any of this works, and it, it ends up being that you know that. Facebook roof commercial where the old ladies are taping stuff up onto their actual wall in their house. That's not how any of this works.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the bonus for me as an indie creator is I don't also have that uh, burden of, you know, so much canon that came before me. Um, and I, and I have to at least respect writers who do work for the, the mainstream they have to always carry that, you know, that legacy of the greats behind them. I mean, anybody took over X-Men, especially after Chris Claremont. I mean, that is such a hard, I mean, I love Jim Lee's run. um, But yeah, I I give that shout out. Like, I mean, if today, if if Marvel or DC said, Hey, we want you to come write a book for us, I would be excited, but yeah, that would be, it's difficult because of so much uh, of that uh, you have to deal with. But there's also ways to handle it too. A lot of great writers have come in and, and carried the torch and moved it forward too. Oh, for so. sure.
0: But but now they really don't have Canon because they just they just change everything and reboot the series over and over again because certain certain creators Baron <laughs> Kirk uh and, and others are in uh superstar uh mode and they all think they deserve their own individual series run on a character or a book where they basically don't have to, you know, adhere to all the canon. You know, they keep what they want and then they, you know, they get rid of everything else and just, you know, I know you're a writer. And, and, and a big part of being a writer is you're making stuff up, writing it down on, on the paper or on your computer and creating a story wonderful but uh don't you know get rid of the history like the 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 big thing and i've hated a ton of things that dc's done like the last two years uh but growing up as a dc kid the big thing that got me cancel all my books Uh, was when they turn around and announce that uh, Red Robin, who is former Robin, uh, Tim Drake, uh, is now gay. Yeah, I heard about that. After he has had five different intimate relationships with women in the DC universe...
1: Yeah, Tim Drake always seems like he gets the short end of the stick when they just need a something for the Robins. They don't want to touch Dick Grayson. But I, I'd heard that and I was just I, I was kind of surprised they'd went that route, but you know. Well it, now now shocking.
0: now apparently Tim Drake's gonna be telling Bubba about the rabbits. Uh take that prison joke as you see fit. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard that expression. <laughs> it's uh it's an old Robin Williams joke, uh where he where he's he he's making he's making a joke about, about prison and goes, and about you know this this skinny little stockbroker getting getting locked in a cell and a uh, big black dude turns around and goes Hey tell Bubba about the rabbits <laughs> That's a euphemism for something I'll just say rabbits have those two ears and and now we're walking away. Uh.
1: And I, I would like to say for anybody's watching, I apologize. My webcam went out on me, so it kind of kept cutting in and out, and it finally just died. So I don't know the protocol if it's, it's if it's rude to have the camera off. I do apologize. Like I said, my my webcam decided it didn't like me anymore. No, so. I
0: can I can I can do that too. <laughs> that's fine.
1: So I just don't want people to think that I was I was I don't like I, said, I don't know if that's considered rude or not. So what the protocol is, but I did want to say that at least. So my apologies.
0: The truth is Jim decided he wanted to uh uh you know take a bath in a in a bowl of jello and he's doing stuff he can't do on camera.
1: No. Nice. No, I, no, sa- no. I got to save that for the <laughs> the only fans account.
0: Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, you had you had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> that Yeah. That, that, that's that's a thing. pretty much it. That's a thing that comes up on uh on the Zilla Art Show on Wednesday nights a lot. Though. We got nervous. I was like, great. Our greatest meme is not going to be any good anymore. And then they backpedaled. No, you can do all that nasty stuff on OnlyFans again.
1: Yeah, okay. that lasted about a day, I think.
0: I'm like, yes. Yeah, it was like 12 hours. And they were like, you know, we're we're just going to shut down. Nobody tunes in here to learn how to cook.
1: I honestly, I don't, I don't know a ton about the site other than you know when it was getting the news coverage. But to my understanding, I thought that was all the site was. Uh, so when they said that, I'm like, well, what else do they offer? I, I guess they wanted to be more like Patreon. So I, I, my understanding of the site was different. So they are they're Patreon with boobs. Yeah, I mean, you know, lean into what you got. You know? it,
0: it's, uh, man, I would lean into a set of nice boobs any day of the week. Um.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean. I saw that, I was like, well, so, but yeah, I, <laughs> as you said, I'm not built for, uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a very small niche of people who like big, hairy, fat guys, but uh, I don't think it's worth my, my dignity at the moment to, uh, to do that. I'd rather just create uh fun, enjoyable books.
0: Uh, I haven't found people that would pay for that. I have, however, found people that will pay me to keep my clothes on. So,
1: well, hey, there you go.
0: Please send your check of money order too. Um, so, so we got we got sixteen days left. Uh, Thirty-two backers are sitting at twelve hundred dollars, two hundred and forty percent of your flexible five hundred dollar goal. And there are some uh, great perks in here. Opposed to having to buy two books, you made it so we only have to buy one because it's in a graphic novel format exclusively for indiegogo you can get the soft cover you can get the pdf you can get mini prints you can get maxi prints those are full-size posters you can get the regular cover but in hardback or you can get this beautiful hardbound variant cover there are only 50 of each of the hardcovers available, so don't sit on this because they won't last long because, well, there's only 50. Um, you can get a uh, a cameo in the book for 250 plus everything included, and you can get a speaking cameo, although we don't know how long that will last before she kills you. And if you do want to die, you can put in a special request. And there are uh, two big in tiers uh, because everybody likes original art. You can get a commission from the artist, uh, 11 by 17, uh, 1,200 USD. And there's two of those tiers uh, just so uh, Jim could show you. Uh, One comes with uh, cover A of the hardbound plus the soft cover, all the swag and stretch goals and, uh, you know, anything else he can find showed up a kitchen sink to uh, toss in to show his appreciation for that. And, uh, and the same. So there's, there's, there's basically five of each hardcover available on this tier with the art. It's an 11 by 17 piece. And you choose the you choose the cover of the tier that you want, and away you go, and you will have a uh, a commission from uh, from the artist and all the books in swag. That
1: sums it up nicely.
0: It's almost like I've talked for a living before. <laughs> so I want to thank Jim very much for coming and hanging out with uh with all my uh all my all my wackiness, and uh, I was very happy to have have drawn a line in the sand with the uh, with the Adam Calhoun and Up Church song, which is basically the point of this book. <laughs> Digging two
1: graves. I thank you for having me on, man. It, it's been really fun.
0: I hope you had a good time, and I hope we can uh, can help uh, get more eyes on this. And we I know I'll, there's so many streams going on all at the same time. Uh at one point everybody was going live between seven and eight. So I started going live at nine, and then everybody started going live at nine.
1: Oh, you're a trendsetter.
0: So it's it's like, look, let's block him. Uh so most most of my most of my watch hours are uh, are all you know kept people catching the replay when they have time and uh, and the and the downloads and listens on uh, podcast platforms. I have about uh, between unique listeners that just people that use the app to listen and people that actually download Uh, the downloads are uh, quite a bit higher than the unique listeners. But I've got on any given 30 day period like 150 to 300 people downloading the podcast. So nice So people will be hearing about this and we will keep sharing the word. Uh, every time I see you share it out on Twitter, I will of course uh, reshare it. And once this is up on the podcast platform and I get the uh, I get the notification from Spotify, I will start sharing this out. Uh, I will post the uh, podcast link on Facebook, Twitter, indiegogo and usually about a day or so after it posts uh to my facebook and uh ig story i uh, i make a reel and throw a little bit of music in the background uh on instagram so it gets seen by even more people so
1: well, i can't wait to see
0: so we will we will see what we choose for music uh,
1: it, it might be that song that we heard in the beginning. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. I, I said I'm not familiar with them, but that was perfect.
0: I've been listening to a to like a, a lot of indie artists, and uh, I'm like I I see a I see a, a motif here: indie comics, indie music, uh, you know, and, and apparently uh, they do not want me to see them do. Indie Anna Jones movie because they've replaced Harrison Ford with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Uh that was that was just something that I saw go up, which you know could just be like a a spoof meme or something. Uh really hoping it is, but you know, who knows? Uh but we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh Jim, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you besides the campaign? Because of if they follow on the campaign, they will get notifications every time you uh, you launch a new thing or uh, post any updates as well.
1: So, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, either as Jim Tanner. Just chat me up there. I also have uh, SN Comics on the Facebook group. Uh, under Twitter, we have SN Comics Art. You can reach out to me there. Or we are on Instagram uh, at Sketchy Nuke. So, and then, of course, I have the link tree on uh, pretty much a lot of the stuff, so it makes that easier for a lot of people. I think it's uh, Linktree is s in. Oops, I'm trying to use a mouse that's not working and I'm trying to pull it up. It is two seconds. Linktree slash s in comics.
0: Cool, so find Jim everywhere he's at. Uh, if you if you hit up the Linktree, you can, you can stalk him. I mean, follow him everywhere and uh. Definitely get your eyes on this book. Check it out for yourself. It's uh, no matter which version you decide to pick up, go for the hardcover. Uh, it's uh, going to be a great read. Uh, like you, it says 80 pages. Uh, Jim says it's, it's at least 84 because there's going to be some some cool behind the scenes stuff and some some art and possibly a peek into what is coming next and uh so check it out for yourself uh great project amazing art very cool stuff coming out and uh we thank you very much for being here jim tanner great meeting you and uh, we hope to talk to you again very soon in the future
1: thank you for having me